In the Old Testament, we see how God was making known to the Jewish people the manner in which he would um, be amongst them, fellowship amongst them by virtue of the sacrificial system. And that, that is, that is, we see in the Mosaic law how that God gave the system of animal sacrifices. And this was basically done primarily so that God could live amongst the Jewish people. And he gave this system as a substitute. But let, let, let me stop a little bit. Let's, let's deal with that sacrificial thing. God's desire to dwell amongst his people. That was the main thing in God's mind, his desire. And this is the very idea of the tabernacle that God had given them. He told Moses to build this tabernacle and this tabernacle would be with the Jewish people and, and their wilderness wandering. And we know that in the reign of Solomon, it was converted to a temple. But the idea is God was dwelling with his people. Nevertheless, God is a holy God and God cannot tolerate sin. So therefore he gave the Jewish people a sacrificial system. And this system was a system of animal sacrifices. Okay. So they would give these animal sacrifices in order that their sins would be covered. And that's the very nature and idea of the word atonement kafar, to cover, to cover their sins. And so God gave them this animal sacrificial system so that the sins of the people would be atoned, covered, and therefore God would be able to maintain his presence among the people. Now we know, according to the writer of Hebrews, this that this system was, was a substitution. <laughs> Sorry. Why? Because the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sin. And so therefore, it was a system that was substitutionary up until the coming of Jesus. And when Jesus came, he became the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He fulfilled Exodus chapter 12. He was by his blood. It, it gave atonement for all who would believe saints of the past. And so therefore, uh, when I say saints of the past, that means the Old Testament saints as well as saints in the future. So it is the blood of Jesus. And this is the primary point of the writer of the book of Hebrews. It is this blood that is more excellent than the sacrifices of the sons of Aaron, more sacrifices, more excellent than the sacrifices of blood of bulls and goats of the Levitical priesthood, the blood of Jesus that truly takes away sin. So therefore, all who express faith in Jesus's atonement on the cross, the, uh, um, no longer need the blood of animals or bulls and goats. So the point here is the blood of Jesus is the true fulfillment. It is what the blood of the animal sacrifices were pointing toward this particular great sacrifice of Jesus, therefore making the blood of bulls and goats of the Levitical priesthood of the Mosaic covenant of the Old Testament no longer valid. So therefore today we have the blood of Jesus shed once and for all on the cross, not continuously, 
like the animal sacrifices under the Mosaic covenant, but once and for all, for those who look for salvation, both Jew and Gentile, all right? Then that's what we are living under that particular covenantal system. However, did you know that the animal sacrifices will return? Now, once again, no longer do we have animal sacrifices, but the blood of Jesus, because it has now, he has now fulfilled that. But there will come a day that is in the millennial kingdom when Jesus returns to reign upon this earth. And we know that reign, which is why we call it millennial reign, it stresses a thousand years. From the Jewish perspective, it is called the messianic kingdom because it talks about the reign of the person of Jesus. But nevertheless, it's all one in the same millennial reign. We call it because it talks about the length of that reign. Messianic reign, same thing, because it is the reign of Messiah, the reign of Jesus as king in fulfilling the prophecies of those prophets of the Old Testament. But nevertheless, in the return of Jesus, the animal sacrificial system will be reinstated once again. We see that when we start dealing with certain prophets like the prophet Ezekiel, as a matter of fact, let me read for you guys Ezekiel 43, Ezekiel 43. Now, Ezekiel 43 is located in, in that uh, collection of passages from Ezekiel 40 until the end of chapter 48 that deals with the reestablishment of Jerusalem, the reestablishment of the temple. See, the temple is very important in Ezekiel's prophecy. So because we know in Ezekiel chapter nine, the glory of God, the Shekinah glory of God departed from the temple and the temple was destroyed. We know that it was destroyed 586 by Nebuchadnezzar. But nevertheless, the temple, this is a main theme in Ezekiel, the temple will be rebuilt by the Messiah and the temple and the ministerial duties of the Levites will be reestablished by the Messiah. And since we have the reestablishment of the temple and the Levitical service, there will also be the re start starting again, reestablishment of animal sacrifices to prove that point. We, let me just go quickly. Leviticus 43 and 18 talking about the temple and worship in the temple, specifically the altar, the altar burnt offering. Watch what he says. And he said to me, verse number 18, Son of man, thus saith the Lord God, these are the statutes for the altar on the day it is built to offer burnt offerings on it and to sprinkle blood on it. You shall give to the Levitical priests who are from the offspring of Zadok, who draw near to me to minister to me, declares the Lord God, a young bull for a sin offering. You shall take some of his blood and put it on the four horns. Okay, and I'm going to stop right there. Notice the point being the offering of animal sacrifices are now being reinstituted again. And I go, okay. And let me give you another point. Notice also in the Mosaic law, we see that specifically in Leviticus 23 in the Mosaic law, there were instituted certain feast days, like feast of Passover, the feast of first fruit, uh, feast of, uh, of, uh, 
unleavened bread, things that they pass over first fruit, similar the same. Uh, unleavened bread, uh, uh, the, the Feast of Tabernacles, a Feast of Trumpets, things of that nature. These particular seven feasts that were given in Leviticus, all right? Once again, we note that in the coming of Christ, the Mosaic law and the covenant of Mosaic is laid aside. We no longer observe the Mosaic covenant, which means we no longer observe, we are no longer obligated, let me say it properly, we are no longer obligated to observe these feast days. And that's why in the church, especially among Gentile worshipers, we don't worry about observing it whatsoever. The only particular feast, but we don't particularly observe it as a feast itself. But the only particular feast we observe today is Passover. It's feast of Passover because the Passover highlights the death, death, resurrection, but the death of Jesus, right? And we see that in Exodus chapter 12, and we see that with Jesus talking to his disciples when they are observing the feast of Passover, and he says, as long as you do it, you observe this until I return. So that's why we continue to observe Passover. But we in the church, we, we usually call it communion. We call it communion, okay? So that's why we observe this particular occasion. But as far as the rest of the feast, no longer we today, Christians, are no longer obligated to observe these feasts. However, there will come a time, same way that I was talking about earlier about the animal sacrifices, when we will observe certain feast days as well. Let, let me make another point while I'm at it. Notice, the Christian church is not under obligation to observe the Sabbath like they were under obligation under the Mosaic law. Paul taught us that in the book of Romans, right? And so the Sabbath, and as well as the book of Colossians, Paul taught us those things. But just like the feast, uh, 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 which we are, uh, the Christians today are no longer obligated to observe as well as the Sabbath. When Jesus does return in the, once again, millennial messianic kingdom, we will be under obligation to observe the Sabbath as well as certain feasts of the Lord. And that is an interesting thing. All right. But, and this, all of this, all of this in that particular system that I'm talking about. Okay. The system that I'm talking about as well in the reestablishment of animal sacrifices, the reobservances for all the peoples, both the Jew and the Gentile, to observe uh, uh, certain laws that would be reinstituted, like the sabbatical law, the Sabbath law. All of this is basically understood as the kingdom law. This would be called the kingdom law. That is the law or laws that Jesus will reinstitute over the world when he establishes his kingdom. These are called kingdom laws. But now the point that I want to address is concerning, and this is what this video is all about, the reinstitution of animal sacrifices as well as observers of feasts, observers of Sabbath, but particularly the animal sacrifices. If Jesus's death on the cross, if his death on the cross was the fulfillment 
was what animal sacrifices were looking forward to, then why would God, why would Jesus reestablish the animal sacrifices since his death already paid for the sins? Why have we got the reinstitution of animal sacrifices? They'll give two primary answers. First thing is that the animal sacrifices will be reinstituted as a form of cleansing for the nations once again. It will be as a form of cleansing for the nations once again. But most important of all, but now we know blood of animals don't take away sins. So then therefore, why is it given for cleansing again and, and, and taking away sin? Cleansing as it points back to the cross as it points back to the cross. So here's your answer. The animal sacrifices that would be instituted once again, when Jesus returns, do not look for, they don't take away sins. They will turn around and look back. They will point back to what Jesus did on the cross. So these animal sacrifices would do the same thing as they did in the beginning. That is the animal sacrifices from of old, Old Testament and all that other stuff. Animal sacrifices from those times of past pointed towards the cross, what Jesus did by his wonderful blood and the animal sacrifices that we were, that would be instituted again when Jesus will return would point backwards towards the cross. So the warns of the Old Testament point towards the future to the cross and the one animal sacrifices they'll be given in, in future times will point back to the cross and all of it will look to what Jesus did for the saving of his people. He died for our sins.